Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. What can happen when you show honor to people? especially those that you're supposed to be under their authority. She took the time and preparation to do things right. She didn't just charge in, we've got an emergency, hear me out, listen to me. It says she put on royal robes. In other words, she adorned herself and presented herself in a way that pleased the king. And the only way that she could pull this off, the only reason she knew how to do this and knew what to do is because she knows him. She knows King Ahasuerus. Esther knows this man. She knows what he expects. She knows what he likes. She knows how he thinks. Therefore, because she respected his authority and wanted to honor him, she conducted herself in the very way that pleased him. Guys, this is a major point here that you really need to get down because we have such a problem with it in our society today. She conducted herself in the very way that pleased him because she knew him. And because of the dedicated discipline that she had always displayed in her conduct, that won her the king's favor so that she could go near him. Okay, now, this is where I'm going to switch to my Jesus parallel segment, I call it, the Jesus parallel. You know the story now, but I'm going to make sure, I'm going to draw some parallels that show us a picture of Jesus in here, okay? The Jesus parallel is on now. We know that a decree was issued to kill all the Jews who the king thinks are lawless. Haman lied, said they're breaking your laws, so a decree went out to kill them all. And so Esther is confronting with having to break another law by going to the king uninvited. And this is a threat on her life. But the attitude she takes is one of sacrifice for the benefit of others. If I perish, I perish, she said. If I die, I die. Now, this one statement here is absolutely profound. It is very profound because it demonstrates that Esther's concern is more about others than about herself. She's thinking about others first, and she's willing to sacrifice her life for them. Jesus said in John fifteen thirteen, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And that's exactly what Esther did. She put her life on the line for her people, the Jewish people, because it was against the law to go to the king uninvited. The punishment was death, but she laid her life down for that, to go do that. Now, when I think about the law, it reminds me of what the Lord said about himself to Moses in Exodus 33 and 20. I I really challenge y'all to look these things up if you're hearing me on the radio. Look these up. Jot it down on a napkin if you're at work or driving or whatever. Exodus 33 and 20. God said this. He said to Moses, you cannot see my face. 
for no man shall see me and live. You've got all these people that claim they've seen God. I've seen God. I saw. No, you can't see my face, he said. No one shall see me and live. The reason no one can see God and live is because our sin has made us so broken and so fragile. And and these, these flesh bodies we live in, they're not designed to withstand eternity. They're just not. That's why they die. They're just sinful. They're fragile. And the Lord is so radiant in his power that merely seeing him, merely seeing God would kill us. And that's in the Bible. If you saw God directly, it would kill you. <laughs> and so the reason that nobody can see the king, as we see here, is because it is against the law. Against the law. Kind of reminds you of Esther. You can't go and see the king or you'll die. It's against the law. Well, we can't see God because it's against the law. How so? How is it against what law? Paul wrote in several places in Romans that the law of God produces both wrath and death for us. The, the law is this. The law of God is this. If you sin, you die. God's not going to have it. If you sin, you die. Let me show you. Uh, in First John 3 and 4, says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. In other words, if you sin, you've broken God's law. Okay, that's that's it. We've all broken God's law, all of us. Romans 6 and 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Okay, so there's your death. All of us have committed sin, and therefore we are lawless. We have now broken the law of God, and therefore you're, we're going to die for it. Now, remember the decree that was written against the Jews. Haman said it was because they were breaking the king's laws. He lied to the king. But in the king's mind, in King Ahasuerus's mind, he knows that the lawless have to be condemned. That's thinking like a king. The lawless have to be condemned. Now, again, my Jesus parallel, I want to show you. Matthew 7, verse 21, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You see, the lawless will be condemned by the king. The king knows lawbreakers have to be condemned. And you know, that's the very problem that all we sinners have, that is our big problem, is that we're all guilty. We all broke the law. We're all supposed to die. But John 3.17 says, and you know, I think John 3.17 is the most overshadowed verse in the entire Bible because of John 3.16. Everybody knows that one. How many of you know John 3.17? It says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so Jesus sacrificed himself for our gain. He positioned himself between us and the Father, right on the cross, between the Father and us. You got a, 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 a Father God who is angry at sin. You got to die for your sin. And us over here, the sinner who's guilty, going, uh oh, we're in trouble. Jesus got between all of us. He got between us and God on the cross and died, sacrificed himself for our gain, paid our penalty for us, paid the sin the eternal condemnation of sin for us 
substitutionary payment here in our place so that we could be saved from the decree of condemnation that was issued against us because of our lawlessness. You see the gospel in Esther now? Notice, though, in Matthew 7, real quick, it says that the problem of those who are condemned is that it says the Lord never knew them. He says it in Matthew 7, 23, he says, I never knew you. Depart from me. I never knew you. There's a lot of people that say, I know Jesus. I know Jesus. Yeah, I know Jesus. Okay, that's not what saves you, guys. That's not what does it. It's not, do you know Jesus? Does Jesus know you? You know, I, I know the president of the United States. I know the I know who the president is. But if I showed up at the White House and said I'm here to see the president, they'll probably look on a sheet of paper and go, "Well, you're not on the president's list. Does he know you?" Uh, and if you said, "Well, no, but I know who he is," hey guys, I'm you know you know what the the logical outcome is. You're not going to get into the White House to see the president at all. It's not about do you know the president. Does the president know you? That's the only way you're getting in. Saying, I know Jesus, I know Jesus, doesn't mean a thing. Does Jesus know you? Because he said, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, because I never knew you. Guys, we got to not only know the king, the king has to know you. That's why you have to let him into your life, invite him as Lord and Savior, then he'll get to know you. Saying you know Jesus and looking over a few things in the Bible and you just said a prayer and that's it, that doesn't cut it. Does Jesus know you? Have you ever let him into, have you submitted to his authority and got under him and showed honor to the king like Esther has done? Or are you just living your life on your own terms and saying, well, God should bless me because I'm a good person? Uh, No, Jesus doesn't know you. You're in trouble. Now, in our story today, where the king has to know Esther, we did see that Esther knew the king, but that wasn't enough for her to get in. It wasn't enough for Esther to know her to know the king. The king also had to know her. Now, he's been with her for several years at this point. She's been queen, but, she, but he had to know her. But here, let me set a, a stage for you real quick. Esther had to take up not only a position of sacrifice for her people to save them, but also she had to present herself to the king in the way that pleased him. Now, when the king saw her in the royal robes, not only was it her appearance that gained her the king's favor, but it was also the discipline that she had kept continually before him, a discipline of total dedication that proved she was dedicated to this king that she loved. She has demonstrated, I love you, and I am here dedicated to you, And she proved it for all this time. And she showed up looking in the way that the king looked at her and goes, ah, yeah, I know that girl over there. I know her. Come on. And he extended the scepter. Okay, what I'm trying to do with this, here's what I'm trying to do. Today, many people calling themselves Christians, but they show absolutely zero dedication to Jesus Christ, the king. They don't have the dedication to find out what pleases him. They're not being an Esther. They're not dedicating themselves to the king. Again, they just said a mirror prayer and, okay, I guess I'm saved now, and going about doing whatever they want to, but they're not dedicated to the king. They're not doing what he likes. They're being a Haman. They're not being an Esther. They're being like Haman, who was always out for his own selfish gain. You got to know who your king is. You got to know what he likes. 
You got to know what he expects. You got to be in his word. You have to study. You've got to pray. You've got to be in the body of Christ. You've got to do all these things that Jesus said to do. And if you're not, how can you say you're dedicated to him? He's not going to believe that. He's not going to trust you for that. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. I don't know who you are. Who are you? You've never done the things I've asked you to do. You've never shown any dedication at all. I don't know you. Depart. So don't be a Haman. Be an Esther. Demonstrate dedication. Now, remember what the law said. It said, nobody can see the king uninvited or you die. And so for Esther to gain the king's favor, something had to end the law for her. You see what I mean? The law says, if you come in here, you're going to die. The king did not ask you to come in, so you're, you're dead if you walk in here. Something had to end the law for her. Something in the law for Esther to gain favor. Something had to chop the law off for her to gain that favor. Something greater than the king's law. Get that? Something bigger than the king's law had to end the law. Now, when Esther walked in there and she gained that favor, she passed from law to favor, didn't she? Did you see that? Wow. Now, if our sin, the law, the lawlessness, because we broke the law because of sin, if our sin keeps us from entering into the presence of God, then what stops the law of sin for us? Because I want to see God, don't you? I want to go into heaven and live an eternal life with the Lord God Almighty, and but something's got to stop the law so that I could have that favor. What does that? Romans 10 verse 4 says this. What stops the law of sin for us? It says, Romans 10 and 4 says, Christ is the end of the law. I'm going to read that again. Romans 10 4. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Guys, Jesus Christ is the end, the termination. The stopping, the snuffing out of the law. The law is done. The law ends with Jesus. You ever heard it say, said the the buck stops here. Okay, well, with Jesus Christ, the law stops there. Jesus stopped it. Jesus is where God's law ends and where God's favor begins. It's a spiritual switch. It's It's a change that is thrown from one position to the other, from God's law to God's grace. And when you get to God's grace, his favor, that's where the law ends and where everything changes. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. (laughs) That is so good. This is why reading the Bible is so exciting. And if the Bible does not excite you, then you are not reading it. Oh, that's good. Now, when Esther stepped into the king's presence, The law of death was not on her anymore because the king liked what he saw. The king saw her and says, oh, look at that. I like that. You look great. You got those royal robes on. There you go. That's what I like here. He holds the scepter out. You can come in here because she took the time and the discipline to do what the king liked. Now, the problem today is that most people who think they're saved, they have no clue what Jesus the king expects of them. They, they don't know what he expects them to look like or how he expects them to conduct themselves. They would rather just do their own thing rather than what the king says. Now, Jesus did say, why do you call me Lord and don't do what I say? Now, if Esther had walked into the king's presence looking any other way than what, the, what pleased the king, 
she would have been killed. But she took the time and the discipline to alter herself, to change herself from what she could have been to what pleased him. She honored him by doing this. She did what he liked. Friends, this is called submission. Submission. Submission is relocating yourself from where you were under the superior authority of someone else. Getting under the authority of someone else. And for those of you who use that misleading phrase, you don't have to go to church to be saved. If I had a nickel every time I've heard that skewed comment. You need to understand, you do need to know what pleases the King of Kings. And going to a place where you can get educated in God's Word will show you exactly what the King expects you to look like and exactly how the King Jesus, how King Jesus expects you to conduct yourself. Because if you show up in His presence with an appearance other than what pleases Him, then it's evident there that you never gave yourself to Jesus and you just proved you never did believe him in the first place, not enough to try to pursue him in dedication to find out what he likes. All you'll hear at that point when you appear before him is, depart from me, for I never knew you. And you notice in Matthew 7, the people said, oh Lord, didn't we do this and do that and do all these wonderful things? He'll say, no, hey, I never knew you. I didn't know you. Esther dedicated herself, gave herself to the king. And that's how she came to know what the king liked. Friend, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a point-blank, direct question. Do you know what pleases God? Do you know what pleases God? The Bible says that his people suffer from a lack of knowledge. If you are not reading God's Word, how can you know what God expects of you? How can you know what God likes? I guarantee you, whatever your opinion is, that you think God is, is probably wrong. Because society lies to you about a false God. There is a false Jesus out there. There is a false God. You have to know who God says He is. Now, this is why Bible study is hugely important. This is why I'm here telling you about what God's Word says. Because like Esther preparing herself for the king, getting educated in God's Word will help you prepare. It'll help you to take up the disciplines of Jesus' teachings. It'll help you learn to know what the king likes. Uh, Studying God's Word will show you how to conduct yourself. It'll show you how to dress yourself. Remember, Esther put on the royal robes. The the Word of God will show you how to dress yourself in robes of righteousness, true righteousness, as the Bible states, which will give you an appearance pleasing to the King, which is the proof that you have truly submitted your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Don't be a self-serving Haman. Be like Esther. Get in there. Dedicate. Submit to the desires of your king. Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. (laughs) I want to be able to go boldly to the throne of grace because, guys, however you determine God to be in your opinion, whether you follow him in the Bible or, or not, 
There's going to be a time of need you're going to find yourself in, and it's going to be too big for you to fix. Many of you hearing me now, you're already in it. You're already in a between a rock and a hard place, and you don't know how to fix whatever's going on. And there's no way out, it seems. I'm telling you, there is a way out. You need to get to know the Lord God. You need to get to know Him so that you can know who to submit to, how to submit to Him, and that He will come to know you. And then you have an invitation to come before the king without dying under the law, moving from law to grace, so that you can come boldly before his throne. Matthew 5 and 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Remember I told you, Moses was told by God, nobody can see me and live, but if you make that that law to grace switch, then you shall see God. That's amazing. Guys, this is the book of Esther 4, and the gospel is all in it. I want to give you encouragement today. If you find yourself stuck in a spot, you don't know how to get out of it. Jesus Christ is your way out. That's where the law ends and grace and favor starts. But you have to submit to him. You can't just say a magical prayer of some crazy sort. You have to believe and dedicate and get in there and give yourself to him. You will become a sacrifice because the world's going to hate you for it. But we saw Esther give herself, didn't we? Give yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me today. Lord, I am a sinner. I sinned. I messed up. I blew it. I ruined all of it. And I don't know what to do. It's too big for me to fix. I, I don't know how to fix it. But Lord, I learned today in Esther 4 that you're where all the mess stops because you took care of it all on the cross for me, and I thank you for it. Thank you for dying in my place. I believe that God raised you from the dead. And so, in faith, I know that this is true. And I give my life to you. You are now my Lord. I now submit myself to your authority, Lord Jesus. That's why I call you Lord. That means you're the boss now. And I no longer do things my way. I'm going to leave my old life of sin. I'm going to turn. I'm going to do things the way you want me to. Thank you for that, Lord God. Thank you. I give myself to you. And I'm going to pursue you, Lord. I'm going to go to look to see who you are and what you expect of me. I'm going to study your word. I'm going to get into a Bible teaching congregation of believers that can help me in, in the things where I lack. Lord God, Esther had not all the, the strengths. Mordecai didn't have all the strengths. They didn't have all the strengths or all the position. They needed each other. And so, Lord, I, I will join into an assembly of people because my problems are too big for me to fix, and I know you're the answer. And I need what other people have that I lack. Lord, I'm going to get into the body. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to pray with those people. I'm going to study your word with those people. Lord God, I give you my life. It's now time to draw a line in the sand and start doing things you told me to do. Because I want to look like what you told me to look like. I want to conduct myself the way you told me to conduct myself. I want to appear before you and have you look at me, Lord God, and say, I know you. Come to me. I want that invitation, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying in my place and taking care of that problem. So now, Lord, as I give myself to you, I'm yours, and I want to get to know you. Thank you that you came down so you could know me. I look forward to the rest of my life with you eternally. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, I want you to know you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.